Let's rock this joint! Few technological developments have had as great an impact on our lives as... These two idiots? Thought tells me you two are pretty good. Best in the company. Golly, I'm so impressed. You're talking about line of sight. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Welcome to Line of Sight. This is episode number 95, five away from the big 100, uh, for July the 20th, and my name is Adam. And my name is Nathan. And today we are going to talk about what else a 90s movie, uh, and since we all wear masks, metaphorically speaking, we're going to review the mask and who do we have with us today nathan our good friend and colleague brad hello (laughs) joining us on skype yes here i am hello how are you doing brad i am uh footloose and masky free right now so all is good (laughs) well that is good uh when's the last time we talked to you Oh, it's been a while. It's been oceans. Oceans. Oceans talk was a while ago, I guess, or a few months ago at least, or seven. I have watched. I have watched Oceans Twelve since then. Oh, the Fox. Did you like the Fox? The Fox returns in Oceans Thirteen too. Not to spoiler alert. Just if you get to that one, yeah. No, he had seen Thirteen. I've seen Thirteen multiple times. (laughs) Oh, you just never seen Twelve? It just happened to be that way. And I do want to see Eight now. But that was back in February. Actually, I don't enjoy. Really? I didn't enjoy eight as much, nearly as much. Okay. And now well, I feel I like seen it. now I feel like a bit misogynistic to say it, but because I, I don't feel this way. But it's strange, but trail, uh, but true tale. Um, you, you guys have seen the Hangover films, right? I've seen the yep. first one. Did you like the Hangover films? Yeah, I think I've only seen the first one as well, which I did enjoy. I thought the first one. I don't think it's amazing, but it's. But you remember laughing a lot at it, right? And then yeah, and I laughed at it because I found it uh, super, uh, you know, like fresh, like a fresh kind of comedy. Like hadn't really seen, you know, that since like very bad things or whatever, you know, movies like that. But um, but then I watched Dude, Where's My Car? What's that? (laughs) It's basically Dude, Where's My Car? Oh yeah, yeah. But I guess my point is, uh, my, my point is though that I didn't enjoy Hangover Number Two as much, or Hangover Number Three, because it wasn't fresh. It wasn't. It didn't feel like a fresh new idea or slant on it. So when Bridesmaids came out, I remember leaving the theater like ten minutes in or fifteen minutes in. It was like this is Hangover, but just with the women. And it wasn't because it was you left a movie. Yeah, I just wasn't enjoying it. How many movies do you leave? You talk about it all the time. I don't think I've ever left a movie in the well, theater. Well, I've only left three movies. Yeah. I've only left three movies in my life. One of them was the White House, not the White House. It's a, it's a really old film. Um, uh, God, what was it? Like, I feel like Michelle Pfeiffer was in it or somebody. It was like, it was just a really bad Russiany era type thing. Um, can't remember the name of it. I'll, I'll try and figure it out. Um, I think I left 
um, in Bridesmaids. And it was just somewhat, and now I can't even remember. The other one was so bad that I left in the middle of it, too. Have you seen Bridesmaids since? No. No. It's good. I've only yeah, seen it once, but it was good. But it was just. And I don't, I don't think it is The Hangover. It's kind of in the same vein, but uh, I, I think that's one of the ones where they flip it, but it's girls kind of thing that actually works. And, like, better than Ghostbusters with all the same people right. and... Well, like my point was I didn't care for it at the time. And, and admittedly, I was double featuring that day. So let's let's be clear. I was double featuring. See, the, that's what I was going to say is I would only leave if I had something better to do and it was like, I don't have time for this, but, like, why would you end up going to something if you did have something better to do? Or if you were going to go get, like, a refund and go in somewhere else or just sneak into another one. Because the the first one was so well, bad. Well, uh, I uh, actually the first movie was so good that I watched, and then I snuck into a second film um, at the uh, I believe it was probably the Paramount Theater downtown, um, or AKA the Scotiabank Theater, whatever it's called now, um, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I think I went was going to double feature, and I just was bored ten minutes in, so I left. But I'd already seen a movie that day, so maybe it'd be different. See that that's more understandable. You didn't pay for that one. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes, I'll admit it. I, I I was a bit of a It doesn't count. You didn't pay yeah. for it. <laughs> but but I okay, so but I did pay for Oceans eight and I did not care for it as much. It was just not Oceans eleven, and there's no way to watch it without thinking about and comparing it to Oceans Eleven. Fair? Yeah. Like so. Mm-hmm. I think I probably gave that a three, three and a half at tops. Out of ten? Out of five. I think it's good. I don't think it's great. <laughs> okay. uh, but it is a movie, and it's not offensive. Yeah. But it's definitely not 11. Um, I don't even know how we got to that. Oh, because you were asking the last time we spoke. But The Mask, though, that was, that was a fun one to rewatch just now. It was. I hadn't watched it in a while, and I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it. I remember seeing it a lot in the 90s. See, I thought that you loved this movie, and it was it's like one of your favorite movies no, or something. I, I, lo- I, do li- I do. I've never disliked it. I just have been away from it for so long that I'm like, is it going to hold up? Like I've had, yeah. I feel like I haven't seen this in fifteen years. Am I allowed to say how we came up with the idea of doing the mask today? Anyhow, because it's so random. Um, one of you guys said, sure. "One of you guys said, uh, let's do one and let's do a '90s movie." And I said, "Oh, '90s!" And I started just dashing off a bunch of. I typed in '90s films into Google and just started dashing off a bunch of films that I thought, you know, were good. And the mask was one of them I mentioned out loud. But I would have never thought to do. Uh, I definitely would have never thought to do it as, as the film we were talking about. But then one of you two, I can't remember which one, was like, "Let's do the mask," and then it. Well, it. I'll tell you why, Adam or Brad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because why. I had a short list that I said to Adam the week before, and the mask was on it. Really. So as soon as soon yeah. as and then you listed off a bunch and. 
Yeah, it was like oh. last line. As soon as our those two things are uh, were aligned, streams the streams crossed. Right. It was like we got to do it. You had to trap it, lock it into the container, and and yeah, and Adams pointed out it's perfect because there's all this mass talk in COVID world, so it just fits perfectly in a world <laughs> where everyone wears a mask. All right, and now the masks are gone. One mask returns, the mask. <laughs> There you go. I like movie trailer guy. Nobody cared who I was until they I put on the mask. Um, yeah. What? Uh, so, so what do you think of this movie, Brad? Well, I, it held up. Definitely, uh, I, I I have not seen it. I I, I want to say um, that I hadn't seen it in thirty years. Although it came out less than thirty years ago, so that's a tough <laughs> statement. But uh, <laughs> it did come out what twenty twenty seven years ago. I think. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I honestly, I cannot, I'm sure I've seen snippets of it, you know, when it was on TV random times, you know, over the years. But there was never a point where I just sat back down and said, I'm watching The Mask today. Not in 27 years since I saw it originally. I remember loving it originally, and I quite enjoyed watching it again this time around. I had forgotten certain things about it, like the fact that it was actually a comic book superhero type movie um but i didn't remember it being that way as far you know that whole like i didn't remember the whole edge city you know shot at the beginning and making it feel like Mm -hmm. a comic book thing or or the way the title sequence was um or that frankly that it was based on a comic book loosely didn't remember any of that stuff um but I quite enjoyed it, and I just think Jim Carrey's funny. I think there's a lot of stuff that Jim Carrey does in all his films that are very similar. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily dislike that either. Here's a question, because just with my notes or whatever, is could anyone else play this role? <laughs> like, this is like king physical humor. Like, Yeah, it seems perfect for him, and apparently they did write it with him in mind and yeah it was based off a comic but obviously adapted and had him in mind but someone else considered that maybe could have pulled it off is robin williams yeah i would say he's a little older and not as physical but i think he could have done his own version and it would have been i think i think the only i I think the only difference between robin williams and jim carrey in in that one respect is the way that jim carrey is able to pull his faces into different contortions in the weirdest sort of way. But even yeah. Robin Williams, if you think it through, he could do a lot of that stuff. I mean, and if you think about it, he did exactly the same thing as the mask in an animated uh, film in the sense of um, Aladdin, right? Like really that's, this, it's the yeah. same kind of, it's exactly the same thing, different voices, different impressions, uh, different things, but he had, yeah. he had the advantage of not having to physically do it himself so much as having the animation do it for him. Yeah, that is actually <laughs> a really good observation. The mask is the genie, yeah. where it's just like insane, funny references. He's he's enjoying it, and no one else knows what's going on. I, I don't like, want to. He's just. Yeah. But no, that is actually a really good observation because they are very similar. Because like, you think of all the impressions that the genie's doing. What would you wish of me? The ever impressive. The no substitutions, exchanges, or refunds. <laughs> uh, almost. There are a few uh, provisos, a, a couple of quid pro quo. 
and no one is understanding what he is doing. Yeah. <laughs> and the mask is similar. Like, he's just having fun himself. Yeah, they're more likely to understand references in the mask than Aladdin getting <laughs> a Jack Nicholson impression. Right. <laughs> that, oh, oh, you mean these, the supplementary characters, you mean? Yeah, I get I get. Yeah. yeah. No, that's but, right. but, like, everything. Like, I'm just... Okay, so when he's in his prime the second time, I was really paying attention because it's, like, thinking, oh, they're always at the Copa. He keeps becoming the mask, all this stuff. But, like... This, when he's in his yellow suit the first time, yeah, and then he sees Cameron Diaz and like all those cartoons that he's be like the wolf and stuff. And it's like he's doing that purely for himself. Well, right, yeah. like no one's paying attention to him you, for us, you, yeah, the audience, right? That's it. But here's the thing, and I don't know if you guys noticed this. Then I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead in the whole situation, but like if you think about it, they set it up. So well, and I didn't remember this from 27 years ago. I don't know if I would have paid attention to that aspect of, of it 27 years ago. But he quite clearly, at some point in the movie, when he talks about when he when she, when Cameron Diaz is asking him uh, what's it like or whatever, and he said it's like pulling down your deepest desires or whatever from inside, which is exactly why his mask persona is all those cartoon things and they set it up very well because at the very beginning everything they show of him he opens up his desk drawer there's a Looney Tunes cartoon yeah. uh, comic book or whatever uh, the Tasmanian Devil pillow in his apartment or whatever and the cartoons are showing on the TV so loud that the landlord uh, neighbor lady mentions it so um, so whereas you might think that the mask is just you know, some other person's persona being put on to you, he's really pointing out that it's really just grabbing your own internal um, self yeah. and bringing out the, the crazy side of it, which I think is is very well done and probably something that most people wouldn't have just noticed at first glance when watching the film or thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, they, I, was, I was thinking of Captain America and the super, ser- super soldier serum and how they say... Yeah good becomes great, bad becomes worse kind of thing. Like it, it amplifies whatever you are. So you've got the red skull and Captain America, the two ends of that. And then that's kind of what happens here where he's just goofy. So he's goofy to the extreme. And then Dorian is like, he becomes this like giant, like evil, invincible person or whatever. He's not as cartoony. uh, Although him spitting out bolts is a little cartoony, but uh, I guess that's just inherent in the mask. Yeah. yeah. Did you, um, I don't know. Do you guys, when you're watching a film, how closely do you watch the credits at the beginning? Like for actors that are in it or yeah, that stuff, do you pay attention to that a lot? Uh, I sometimes do, yeah. Like my eyes will usually glance if something's it, going on. And, it, yeah, but. it all depends. I, but just a side note, I was watching What About Bob? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, Great. and Frank Oz directed that. Yeah, and that I only knew that because I watched the opening credits, and it's like I had no idea that that was. So the you'd case. forgotten that that had happened from way back when. I'd never even knew. Fair enough. <laughs> so let me tell you what. So let me tell you how what a what a nerd I am today or last night when I rewatched the film. I um, uh, I guess I I didn't I didn't notice something when it first started. The first thing I noticed on screen was um, Edge City and the montage with the, you know, like whatever. Right. And then everything else had happened. Mm-hmm. And then we got to the part where he gave those concert tickets to the 
to his yeah. coworker, the female that he was interested yeah. in. And I looked at her and I'm like, I can't tell. It kind of looks like Joan Cusack. You know, because they all had that crazy right. hair and she kind of had that face. And, um, and even Amy Yazbek, who plays the reporter later, kind of looks very similar to her as well, oddly enough, although with, with more reddish hair. Do you know who Amy Yazbek was married to, by the way? John Ritter. John Ritter, correct. But I didn't know that two days ago. Fair enough. <laughs> no, that, that's fair enough. Like, you don't remember her. But um, so anyhow, I saw the, that first girl. And I thought, oh, is that Joan Cusack? Is she in the film? And so I went back. I just, like, you know, uh, hit the 15-second back, you know, a few times and went back to the beginning of it. Um, and I saw the part, you know, where it starts again. And I'm looking at the – and the first name that I notice is the um, – uh, oh, what's the villain guy's real name? Like the yeah. actor. I don't know. God, Dorian, I can't believe I forget. Uh, and there's Dorian Tyrell. Yeah, yeah, the, the guy plays Dorian Tyrell. Yeah, but the funny thing is, is there's two actors oh, yeah. with the same first name in the credits back to back there. Oh yeah, there's Peter, oh, yeah, Peter Rager, Peter. who's Lieutenant right. Mitch Calloway, yeah. and then Dorian is Peter Green. Right. Uh, I'm looking at IMDb. IMDb. I didn't know. I that. would have <laughs> thought it was the other way around. See, I don't know their real names, so. Um, the funny thing is, I'm like, wait, so why is it say Jim Carrey's name? And so then I kept, lo- I went to the end, like watching the credits at the end, thinking like, and, you know, maybe it was introducing, because I couldn't remember. I didn't think that was his first big film. I know for sure it wasn't, because I know he was in like a film called Once Bitten, <laughs> I think was his first film. But um, uh, I was like, where's Jim Carrey's name? And I had to go back twice, because I never thought to go that far back. H- he's so big in the movies like, can anyone else play the part of this was your question originally, Nathan? And it made me think of this. It's like, he's so big and so unique and such a big draw to do a movie like this that his name comes solely up before anything else even happens on screen. As opposed to right. most, most movies don't do that. Or if they do, they have a few names. It's never going to be like Jim Carrey and then start the whole thing. Like, it's all about him. Even though. So is this... Uh what is the order of Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, and The Mask? I believe it would have been definitely uh, Ace Ventura would not have been the first one, but it was definitely before this. I, f- I feel like this filmed before Ace Ventura. You think uh, The Mask was before Ace Ventura? I don't know about release. I think so, um, because I just, I remember reading something. I think I, I at one point read Jim Carrey's biography it was talking about in living color. Well, in living color they, first for sure, yeah. Yeah, so then from that they said he'd be perfect for this and like he even did a Clint Eastwood on that, does it on here. Uh but they're all the same year. Um but Dumb and Dumber I think was the last big one and it really? was like Yeah, I think that was That's cool. was the mask Ace Ventura than Dumb and Dumber. If that's I know he got paid the most for Dumb and Dumber, and it was probably because they realized how huge he was going to be because that was his breakout year. That is cool, though, because I would think, uh, for me, I would say we're a couple months from now, we got to do Ace Ventura and do his top three. So they were uh, the same he's... year. Ace Ventura and The Mask were the same year, 1994. And Dumb and Dumber. All three movies are credited the Dumber. same year. So he was on a real yeah. tear. Yeah. And Batman with Forever after. is the next yeah. year. No, that, this, <laughs> with Ace Ventura, I, I would with, say, with the second Ace Ventura. He did so many movies in the space of those five years. Oh, my God. I would argue yeah. that 
like no actor has had a year like he did in 1994 because there's like people will talk about like Harrison Ford in the 80s but it's like yeah that's a whole decade or whatever but like yeah these three movies coming out it's just like and the fact that Dumb and Dumber is the last one I think that's the best one and like holds up yeah. the most and it's just like you're not falling off at all it's just like <laughs> Yeah, and you could say there's other actors. Like, I remember one year, um, oh, shoot, what's his name? Uh, the really pretty guy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just lost his name. I can see him. In uh, uh, it Mission Impossible 3? No. no. Um, That's what I think is pretty. I don't even know who you're talking about. The, like, British guy it's, in Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible 3, 3. It's Philip Seymour Hoffman. What, I, no, the, the, he's part of the team. <laughs> he's part of the team. Oh, the Irish guy? Yeah. Oh, you, seems, you mean that, oh, the yeah. guy who plays Hawkeye now? No, no. No, no, no. He, uh, he was, like, the show The Tudors or something? The Tudors, yeah. No, I'm talking... I still can't think of his name. I can see his face, and I'm thinking of all these other names. Uh... What was he in? What's, what, what was he in that you're saying? I'm, I'm not even going to give you a chance. Uh, his <laughs> name is... <laughs> Come on. Something's got to tell me here. I, I want to try and guess. Don't. I don't even know what okay. we're guessing. Okay, I've got anymore. his name. I've got his name. Uh, okay. Well, the first thing I was going to say, because I think maybe this was the year, was I Heart Huckabees. Oh, uh, Jason Schwartzman? The year I'm thinking. No. Um... I, if if I knew the year, <clears throat> I, I could tell you everything he's in. I know who it is now. It's uh, Jude Law. He was in like a hundred. Jude Law. My guess is Jude Law. But yeah, <laughs> Mine he's too. the pretty he guy. Was in, <laughs> he's pretty. Yeah, he is pretty. <laughs> uh, yeah, the main thing I I would know him from. I mean, he's in so many things now, but. Uh, Enemy at the Gates. <clears throat> this may be my favorite starring role. But yeah, there was one year, I just remember at the Oscars, he was nominated for all these different movies where he's just in everything. And then whoever the host was made some joke of like, who's this Jude Law guy or right. something uh, like that. He's, he was in like every movie this year. And I just remember one, like an award no one cares about, like an art director or something, yeah. something small. And then like in the middle of his speech, he's like, and Jude Law is a fantastic actor. And he was like standing <laughs> up for him. And it's like, obviously this guy knows who he is and was making a joke. Right. Yeah. The other guy didn't, he had to defend his honor. And I thought that was funny, but yeah, people will have big years like that, but this is three starring roles. Like he's the title character in all three and it's at a start of a career it's at this yeah huge start of a career and yeah i don't hold on one then hold on a second because don't forget he was in earth girls are easy and the deadpool in 1988 so that's right well he's in things but like no one would have known him (laughs) for any of those and then he does like i guess earth girls are easy that's probably still in living color because is it uh Damon Wayans is the other guy in that one. Oh, maybe. I don't know. And Jeff Goldblum? Maybe. But then he slowed down. Then he was just like one movie a year. Maybe two if it was a random thing for a while. 
Um, yeah. I don't know. He had enough money. Yeah. You can just bang out one and ride on that. Like 1997 was just liar, liar, boom, done. Well, it's funny because there's a few careers I can think of like that. The two that come to mind are Adam Sandler and Will Ferrell. Yeah. And it's like they have their huge moment where they're just like in everything. Everyone loves them. And then they just get to just here's the next one of me as this and Mm -hmm. you know the whole movie like that's adam sandler's still doing it and i don't know who's watching them some people are but (laughs) it's definitely not what it was no and will ferrell's kind of pulled back so he's not gotten to that point of just being like sad uh but like but there was Anchorman and Talladega Nights were like back to back and he was huge. Yeah. So it's like, let's do semi-pro. He's a basketball player. Let's do Anchorman 2. Like there was just a ton of and things. And that, skate, that skating one? It's just... Figure skating? Oh, Blades of Glory is actually... Hilarious. But, do, you know, you know that Will Ferrell still did some good things recently. Like I really enjoyed the, um, the Eurovision... Uh, uh, oh, I heard that was... Not I liked good. it. Him and Rachel McAdams. I I, I did I like it. I didn't watch it. I did want. To. I, I liked it. I quite. Maybe I quite I enjoyed it actually. There was. It was bizarre. It was definitely different. Um, but like you know, Adam Sandler and and Jim Carrey also have a similar thing that they did too. There was a point where they shifted right out of that trying to be completely just zany comedy into like trying mm-hmm. to do some other stuff. Like Adam Sandler, you know, did Spanglish. And then, of course, whatever that mm-hmm. gem thing was last year, or the year before, whatever that was, I can't remember what the name of it was. Yeah, uncut, I mean, uncut gems. Yeah, um, Jim. That's a little late Jim, compared to Jim Carrey. I feel. Yes, like. yes, Jim. Because the majestic and Truman shows a little bit. I was going to say, what started with the Truman Show, and then, of course, it went right into the after the Truman Show. It was um, um, Eternal uh, Sunshine. Is, uh, Yes, um, and uh, but more important, uh, Man on the Moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which yeah, I don't really I like that film because I don't really like school. Andy Kaufman at all. I never found him funny. Uh, I, he was funny in Taxi as Latka, but that's it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't actually. I have not seen that movie. No, you never seen the, the TV heard, sitcom Taxi? I heard though? There's a lot of people that hate Jim Carrey over because he was all method or whatever and wouldn't break character and there's a whole thing about that and it's just pretentious beyond belief to treat people like that but yeah and i think it's a little meta because that he was that's what andy coffin was like i think like he had his own character and then so i don't know there's even a follow-up to that called jim and andy yeah it's a documentary so i don't know like i haven't seen that that really gets into all that stuff but uh I thought Man on the Moon was okay, but I was pretty young at the time and didn't get it. I didn't really know Andy Kaufman, and it was like, oh, Jim Carrey, this is going to be funny. And the preview was just, maybe that was that'd be a good one for the last episode. <laughs> the teaser was him doing the Mighty Mouse thing. It's like, that's funny. That's a funny mm-hmm. bit. But the rest of the movie isn't just that. It's... It's like a real life story of a person who I didn't find Bio-pick. who I didn't find funny all the time. <laughs> Nor did a lot of people. Yeah. Some people did, but a lot of people didn't. Um, mm-hmm. Which is why he was voted off. He was actually. Did you know that he was voted off Saturday Night Live? 
No. There was so many calls coming in or whatever, and eventually Lauren Michaels uh, put a poll Voted out there. off who? He let the fans decide whether they should keep Andy Kaufman on Saturday Night Live or whatever. They had like a phone-in thing or whatever, and the majority of the people said, no, they don't want to see him anymore on Saturday Night Live. Something bizarre like that. Andy Kaufman. Um, but... Uh, Interesting. Can you imagine him doing that today for anyone? Oh, they lose their mind. Oh no, no, that's like, bullying. Everyone would be, yeah, that's uh, it's discrimination for whatever reason, and yeah, no one would take that. <laughs> but hey, which brings me back to the mask and something that happened in the middle of it. I don't know if you guys noticed this. There's a point where, um, uh, you know, uh, Stanley Ipkiss, Jim Carrey's character as the mask, is wearing the mask. And the police are arresting him, and they're checking his pockets, or about to do something. Mm-hmm. And he makes a statement that says, "Where's a camcorder when you need one?" And it's like yeah. he's foreshadowing twenty-five years in the future, where people have to really worry about the, the searches the police and everything are doing, or how they're being treated. So it's like kind of ahead of its time for for certain things like that. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that was around the time of Rodney King. Yeah. The, that was released, so that was like a direct direct reference oh, maybe, to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Uh, opening title, very comic booky movie, like it embraces it. How charming is Jim Carrey? <laughs> like his introduction and stuff, and like him just being at the desk and the physical comedy, and I love like yeah. him shutting the drawer and the pen and the pencil sharpener <laughs> and all this stuff. Like, I think yeah, it's excellent. It has a very, um, I don't know, formulaic opening, like where you're setting things up and introducing people, but it's the example where like it's all done right. Right. Because I feel like in the 90s, you can have these movies where it's like, okay, now we're doing this, got it, now we're doing this. But this one, I feel like is super efficient and more importantly, entertaining because you can do all those things and it'd be boring and then it's like okay now he's got the mask now it's good but this is good the whole time like you're not waiting for something to happen he's just fun to watch on the screen and by the way i did note the time yeah it's 18 minutes (laughs) you are correct adam that is my uh i have 12 minutes he's already on the bridge and 18 mm-hmm. minutes, he is the mask. That is yeah. pacing. That is awesome pacing. And all the things that are established before that, like, I, I, these are my notes. His job, the bank, which is a big thing in it later. The bad guys are set up in that time. Uh, and the and mechanics. That's also after, yeah, there's the mechanics and just the night where everything goes wrong. You could, like, that could go on forever. Like, right. you could have it go, like, everything's going wrong, but it's like, no, you get it. Like, that night isn't 18 minutes. It's just the whole beginning is. So, like, very, very streamlined and efficient, and nothing's missing. Nothing takes too long. It's very watchable and enjoyable. Yeah. And, the uh, fact that he doesn't yeah. go into the Copacabana and, like, he's just like kicked out and he just leaves or like he doesn't even get in where it's just like I was trying to remember because I know we spend so much time in there but it's like that in itself is good because it's just like yeah no he just isn't allowed in 
and bad luck, all this stuff. Like, it's it is insane how fast paced this movie is. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I noted so I think Jim Carrey was 32 when he made this, Cameron Diaz is 22. I think it's 31 and 21. Okay. Whatever. From what I read. I, I felt like it was 20 and a half and 30.37. No, yeah. <laughs> well, it depends on their birthdays. Yeah. Right. But, uh, I'm pretty sure. I think one's one born in 1972 and one's born in 1962. Or is it in it? No, I got that wrong. Is it in it? Is whatever. it? Is it inappropriate for me to mention that I forgot that Cameron Diaz was such a looker in that film? Like I... Uh, I, it is not inappropriate. I would say she never has looked better than in the match. Well, yeah. I mean, she, I would agree. Gratuitous, gratuitous <laughs> cleavage shots notwithstanding, I just think she she looked. I guess because she's so young. I mean, that, I guess that's how life really is, right? Like she. And I feel, that, but it. I feel like at the f- the first when she's in the red dress, like they're emphasizing it, but then it's also yeah. partially the point. Where it's like she is meant, like she herself is trying to distract people. Yeah. Kind of. And like she has the bag and like she's doing and flirting and like she's doing it on purpose. So it's not just like full on disgusting, but for sure, she's never looked better in her life. But then also, they do treat her pretty good the rest of the movie. Like their big dance or whatever. Yeah. Like she's obviously attractive and beautiful throughout the movie, but it's not like they is there, I don't know. Is there any chance like, is there any chance either of you looked to see if she did any of her own dancing there uh, or not? Well, I'm uh, sure there's parts where they have them, to. Yeah, well, there's both always of them gonna be did some parts. A lot, but there's cer- there's certain shots you can tell it's not because Obviously, someone can just be wearing a mask and you can't see her because of yeah. the hair. But, like, in the, like, flipping around stuff, um, that, I think, wasn't them the more complicated sure. things. But a lot of it they did. Yeah. Was right. so, like, I love when they're doing the arms together. Yeah. But you it's have to be a da- Like, I've I got to be honest, though. You really have to be a dancer. So she must have had some sort of pretty good dance background or... Is one of the well, yeah. She was a model, so I, I mean, don't who know. Knows? I'm sure people they dabble in. But I do remember her. I, I remember her dancing. Debbie Reynolds was. Go ahead. Sorry, Debbie Reynolds was taught how to dance for singing in the rain. You get some professional teachers; they can uh, edit around a lot of stuff. Yeah. You just get yeah, a couple. You only have moves. to be good for a few seconds. It, like literally, it's like do this shot <laughs> for three seconds and then we move and just do this movement. I think she's talented. And that's but true, like, but you got to remember something. I don't know if you guys have ever been on film sets when they're filming things like this, <laughs> but they will, they will, they, they re, they didn't just say we need one second here, do this quickly. No, I know. Um, like they've got a whole routine and they do the whole damn thing 83 times and then they piece it together. And in the end, maybe you only get five seconds of her actually dancing at some point because the way everything's cut and whatever, but but they do need no, to know, yeah they do need to know their stuff and and I thought I'm, I thought it was really well done uh, I was surprised I mean I guess I always knew that that she was a dancer because I remember her in Charlie's Angels I was going to say like she's dancing in some of her other films um, a little bit but I didn't right. remember her being that great a dancer until I watched it again yeah no I think that dance is one of the highlights of the movie.
like the music alone is amazing and then the fact that like it's just a fun <laughs> thing and even when the doctor dies and then he's like uh throws his lighter or whatever against the mirror yeah and it's like that's even like worked in like perfectly with the music where it's just yeah. like they're still telling a story they're not wasting any time here it's like we're gonna have these people out in an hour and a half no matter what it's like, you know, like we're just it is a short this. film it is a short film in only an it hour is, and a half it is very short i was like the, you only, perfect you were like you only see him as the mask much. twice before things skyrocketed to him not being the mask and then he's a mask a third time later on right did i yeah yeah which but in my head well in my head he's not maybe it's four times, times total including three times before he's arrested was there a third time before he's right? arrested yeah, because he's, he's him Cuban and the, Pete. The, hmm. Well, that's, yeah, that's the third time. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, the first time he doesn't go to the club, does he? Because then the next night. No, the first he time he the just. Bank, so he can go to the club. That's, so the second time is that dance. And then the third time is when he meets her at Landfill Park, which I think is awesome. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. So, I, in my head, and, sorry, you're and right. And then the Cuban Pete. So there's right. three, and then he's arrested, and then, yeah. So but in my head, in my head, when total. I was thinking about the film before, I was like, he was the mask in 83 different positions and situations, you know? Like, I guess I built right. it up in my head. Yeah. But I guess that's the sign of a, of a really... Well, a lot happens in each one of those yeah. times. It's all over the place. Do you, so. do, you know that, yeah. do you know that I realized there's a thing that I say all the time, and it's, it's directly from that? Um, and I've said it my whole life, and I never realized, well, not my whole life, my whole adult life, and I never really knew why uh, until I saw this again la- uh, last night. That's a one spicy meatball. <laughs> and I say that a lot and totally forgot that came from uh, the mask. Well, uh, not originally, though. Yeah, but I feel like he's it's said in a lot of things. Stuff. He's referencing, uh, I think it's Alka Seltzer had a commercial. And I don't even know if the commercial aired. I think it's more famous for the guy that says that line couldn't say it. And there's like a video, a supercut of like before supercuts were a thing of him saying and messing up the that's a spicy meatball. But it's like some old Italian guy just messing it up over and over. And it's in an Alka-Seltzer commercial, right? Yeah, so I don't know if that became the commercial is the behind the scenes right. or if that was actually staged. I think it is real. But like, let me blooper. But let me things. say this: uh, I've never seen that commercial, and I feel like I'd remember something of that magnitude. I've never seen that Alka Seltzer. That's a spicy meatball. Yeah, and, no, the, and the only I the, think a lot of things reference it though. No, that's a, I. But he, this is probably the most. But I understand memorable. what you're saying too, Brad. Yeah. Where I think there's a ton of things that are in my life where it's just like I like the way someone said something yeah and it's just like mm-hmm. I had no idea that like tons of Simpsons stuff where it's like oh now I understand they're referencing Rear Window but I had no idea what yeah. Rear Window was at the time or Jimmy Stewart was I just thought it's funny I say a lot or I say a lot and the cosmic ballet plays on do you know what that's from in the Simpsons remember that is that Sideshow Bob? No, it's uh, it's Leonard Nimoy uh, at the monorail okay. 
Um, you know, like he leaves. It's like I'm sure somebody said, and the cosmic ballet plays on before. But I just remember it from that. But I, right. I, and I know for sure that the reason I always had that's the spicy meatball, because I have his voice in my head doing it. Although I didn't realize it was him for yeah. that whole. I'm time. trying to think of other things because there is quite a few uh, the mask lines that he says. Yeah, I know there's a few that are in my, like... Time to party, P-A-R-T. Why? Because I got it! There was a school play that I was in called Saturday, and it was all about the day of Saturday and how uh, Saturday... Never get my fill of it. Time to play on the best day all week long. And I played the piano teacher who was supposed to be a Jim Carrey type and I come in I, I guess they have a, the kids have a piano lesson on a Saturday and I come in and say somebody stop me I'm smoking <laughs> and that was my big moment and I was wearing this giant suit and I got I got the part I nailed the Jim Carrey impression <laughs> uh, that's good I do say Hold on to your lug nuts. It's time for an overhaul <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, no, there's something else. I know at the end when he says, uh, what is it? It's like, you're a good kid, real good. But as long as I'm around, you'll, you'll always be second, second best. best. See? Yeah. Me and my, my friend Russ always would say that. No idea why, other than it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's a this just lays it's, this is a pre Dark Knight Rises but he has a picture of Nico like a perfect printout uh, Dorian does and then he puts like he, he burns his eyes oh, yeah. out with a uh, cigarette Brad why does he have this picture of this guy which guy <laughs> like an it's the big bad guy Nico right I think like it is. The, the boss man but yeah, when he burns his eyes out right yeah when he's like but it's just like why does he have a picture why, of why does he have an 8x10 why, why do you have an 8x10 <laughs> picture of your boss like it's not in a frame or anything it's, it's so he can do that right he got a bunch printed so that he can throw darts at it I do love so, the doctor have you noticed that it's <laughs> funny that you mentioned Batman when he said I guess like because it's funny how they don't really uh, delve into that whole relationship between like like in Batman um, you know you got Jack Palance's character and you've got Jack Nicholson's Joker Jack Napier character where it's firmly set up that they work together and there's trust and now he's betraying him so now Napier wants to get rid of him you know uh, Jack Palance that's a good point wants to get too. rid of him a, but in this one it's just like you trope. see that guy for a second and he's just shooting a golf ball out of his mouth you had no idea why he's animus towards him now or what's going on like they don't really delve too far into it nor do they need no, they to hint, they hint at stuff but yeah, yeah it, you get the trope you understand yeah. that this guy's yeah. well yeah he knows he's doing deals behind his back yeah. is what's set That's up all. there with the golf ball yeah and do you see that guy again um well i thought that dorian kills killed. him when is that? Because I feel like I missed that. No, with the bullet. That's the guy that Dorian kills with yeah. the, when he has a bullet shoots, in his mouth. Yeah, he comes he in and, okay. then, I, and then he stands up for, I you know, like that, the whole thing. And he shoots some of uh, Dorian's, like, um, uh, yeah. uh, what do you call that? Posse? Not posse. Henchman? Yeah. I don't know what you want to call yeah. it here. 
Entourage. Yeah, sure. <laughs> His group, uh, you know, they get killed by some of the bullets or whatever, and then he just stands up and he's fine. He is come on at me. And so that's when that guy stands up again and just shoots him. Okay. Yeah. I, for some reason, I was thinking that was the cops. I did watch him spit the bullets out, but I didn't see who yeah, shot no, him. Yeah, no, he, sh- he so shot him. I, th- I, I thought he died, and I just... And then he flew backwards him. through the window or, like, the glass, you know, in the bar. It was... Uh, yeah, the this is just a live-action cartoon, but some of the physical comedy, I, the way they make that car collapse... Oh, on the bridge at it, the beginning? Yeah, yeah. I think that's like the timing, <laughs> like was and the sound effects. Like it's just like a f- couple things start falling off, and then the whole thing. Fa- like I think it's perfectly well done, and then the tire. Like it's so over the top and like ridiculous. How are the tires all of a sudden just falling off? Yeah. But it's just like <laughs> I'm down with well, it. W- and the mechanics themselves, like the guy standing up, and he's in that area, is like that's funny. Yeah, the loners fun, funny that they're such uh, criminals, and it's like, yeah, uh, it's all good stuff. Well, that speaks exactly to how they made it as if you were watching a comic uh, or an animated cartoon, anyhow, because in real life, you don't often see where a car would fall apart like that, but in the cartoons, you'd see the car fall apart exactly like it did in the movie, yeah. which is kind of cool that they just sort of yeah. kept it, through that. Talking about like, the genie or Batman and influences definitely you get Roger Rabbit vibes, obviously all over the place in this. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, but it's different. It's cool how they do it differently. <laughs> like it's not, yeah, it's, it's not like a ripoff or anything. It's just one character doing things and he's not an actual 2d hand drawn cartoon. Right. In fact, perfect time to say i think the effects in this are ahead like of their time. seamless ahead of their time yeah. they're so ahead yeah. of the time like you you it and it works to it, it being able to do that 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 wily e. coyote or bugs bunny thing where like the, the, yeah. the eyes bulge out and like like yeah. i feel like it looks better than some things today even that, yeah even that every time he throws his like, arms up like this and then runs and then like it's got this yeah like, they do that a few times he does that a lot. it's awesome like that there's a lot of camera tricks where it's sped up yeah. and stuff like that to, yeah. for comedic and, effects, Yeah, the Tasmanian spinning works. even looks all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah we'll see in a few and days. And it's funny because uh, it feels like those... Space Jam, A New Legacy, holds up <laughs> against this movie. It feels like... You know what I was going to say, though, about the effects? It's kind of funny. Have you noticed that in the old days when they had fire, um, they had to use real fire? <laughs> And, yeah. and now a lot of things that you watch, if they're not super high budget, the fire looks as fake as it possibly could because it's all CGI fire, but it never looks right. Do you, right. Do you guys notice that in anything you, you see? Well, I feel like when he burps, the spicy meatball, the little flame that comes out looks perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm just talking about in real movies, though, when there's like if the house is on fire. Or if you watch yeah. if you watch certain TV shows now, it used to look a lot more real. Oddly enough, you think with, now that we're further into the future, and effects should be better, certain things look actually worse than they did in the days when they weren't using effects for it. So, for example, fire yeah. was actual gas line and yeah. fire shooting up. But now, so now we have all these. Now they don't protocols. do that. Now it'll just be CGI it <laughs> in after, and it just never looks right in right. in in not you know what? super high budget things. 
you know it's a great explosion? What about Bob blowing up the house at the end? And I was uh, listening to something about that. And it's just because they made a three-quarter scale of that house yeah and just blew it up for real oh really yeah and is and that's why it looks so good because it's like did they really blow that house (laughs) up it's like no they just made a huge model and did it and it looks awesome and yeah no for sure you're right sometimes i watch complicated car chases and crashes and stuff and i think to myself Oh my God! How many cars did they just ruin in those shots? Like, did they have to get these old cars and ruin them? Because you know, I, I never knew where the point. You don't know where the point in in real life is now, where they actually had to destroy the car for filming that, or if somehow they had stock footage or CGI some way or another to do it where it looks 100 percent real, but it's not. Did you? Do you listen to uh, other podcasts? Uh, I'm afraid uh, that the only podcast I care about is uh, Line of Sight. Um, well, that's as for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but no, uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino because he's promoting his book was on Joe Rogan and Dak Shepard and I'm sure a bunch of other ones. Yeah. But they were talking about is it Death Proof? Oh yeah, love that film. Yeah. I've not seen that. Oh my god! It's on Netflix, so I feel like I should. Uh, but they were talking it's about that. Spec- it's disgusting. <laughs> Death Proof is disgusting. Uh, Okay, well, I haven't seen it yet. But they were talking about that specific thing, Brad. So I forget which one of these, Dax Shepard or Joe Rogan was asking. Tarantino is like buying these cars and wrecking these awesome classic cars and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, we never tell the people that who we're buying them from what we're going to do. <laughs> because it's just like some people put like, their life's blood into like making the car and restoring it yeah. and it's like yeah we're just going to beat the hell out of this thing and yeah. uh yeah it's just interesting and he has a bunch of stories about yeah the what number film was that with death proof stuff. for him number what number it, yeah he's made eight films right so far he that he's on nine. No, he's made nine now. They I can't. feel like we also had this conversation. He, he says he made nine. Uh, oh, yeah. because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But that's right. Bill Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is his ninth. One. And he's only going to do one more. He's going to retire after his tenth film. I do remember him saying that's that. That's what he says. Uh, and it could be Kill Bill 3. At one point through his whole... I was praying he wanted to do a Star Trek film. That would have been amazing. Yeah. I know one of you. I, think I know one of you isn't the Star, Star Trek. Trek guy. I can't remember which one likes the Star Trek and which one of you doesn't like the Star Trek. But I love the Star Trek. Uh, so uh, there. I like the Star <laughs> Trek. We'll have you on when we. We'll have to uh, start going through some Star oh, Trek. Oh, please love it! There's no better film in the existence of film than Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan. <laughs> it's yeah, pretty good. We, you can. Khan. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be my first time, and we, and we can talk about it. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, something else you don't see in movies, speaking of fire and stuff like that, something you don't see in movies that is prevalent in this and is so cool is smoking. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's emphasized, like, when he's having his dream and just being cool against the car and huge drag on the cigarette, and it's just... It's so yeah. cool. And the French it's like guy. A, it's, yeah, it's almost like a cheat code of like if he's smoking, he's cool. And then even like giving the cigarette to the doctor before he dies 
I love that shot you know and just how it falls out of his mouth and that shows he's dead. I think that's that's a really cool shot. I think the reason they did yeah. all that smoking uh, was not because it looked cool for that, but because everything about him is um, like it's supposed to be like a 40s, you know, or I don't know if it's 40s yeah. or 50s when the whole jazz zoot suit riot thing would have been. Like, I don't know which area. Well, that... That's my next note. What year is this? And there, it's like Batman the Animated Series or even Tim Burton Batman, where it's just like there is no – you can't set a time. Oh, no, no, but I, I don't mean – yeah, okay, but like in Batman, but that's yeah. definitely an older time in those ones. And then the Dark Knight, it's modern times, right? Like the old Batman was – was you didn't know yeah, the time. But like it's like they have modern things. Right. Like Batman has computers, but then all the cops are driving like fifties cars and sure. like and this is similar too, where it's like the, the Copacabana and like everyone's smoking. Like it is, I yeah, think but, it's supposed to be But I think timeless. it was but I think I actually yeah. don't think that there was any specific um I'm not so sure that there was a specific era at the time. Uh, that it was supposed to be much earlier than what it was. Like, that could have been, like, the 80s or 90s, the way it looked, in a way. 70s, 80s, 90s, like, that technology, everything that was there. But it was it was all about bringing it back when the mask was there, when the mask was on. It brought it back to an earlier time that right. would have been represented in the comics, like the golden age of comics. I think that was the... I think that's probably, and I, I obviously I don't know for sure, I think that's probably the underlying thought process of... of um, uh, the director, whose name I can't think of right now. Um, yeah, whatever. Maybe. <clears throat> I do think it is also just trying to be a unique thing. Like, even Edge City is not a real city sure. and was made for this. Like, I, I didn't watch the whole thing with commentary, but the DVD has two different commentaries. Ooh. One's from 96, and then there's, like, a newer one. But the 96 one's just the director, and he... It's just because I watched the first five minutes, and he's talking about Edge City. Yeah, I, I, we came up with that because it wanted to be, like, it's on the edge of reality <laughs> and the cartoon world. It's kind of between. So I think that's kind of what they're doing with the rest of it is, yeah, you don't know when exactly. Yeah. Because it is a different world, it's not really meant to be the real The world. advantage to that also, though, and I don't know if that's thinking well beyond... Um, it's years is it also means that while it's while you can't date it it also becomes less dateable as a film to watch which means it can still hold up mm-hmm. years later mm-hmm. it does and you think of like even like Jim Carrey talking about like they talk about like the power tie or whatever but like his suits kind of look like 90s but like suits are pretty good at being somewhat timeless yeah so like he never as uh, Ipkiss looks out of, like... I would say his hair maybe right. is 90s. Yeah. But, like, n- no one else, I feel like, is... The women's like, hair. The, well, the 90s. women's hair, like those... Fr- the, the, the Amy Asbeck, the, the, the reporter and, the, and his co-worker. And that's why I said they look similar and why it reminded me of Joan Cusack. And I think of Joan Cusack specifically in um, uh, one of the best films, Arlington Road. Do you guys know that movie? Yeah, I know Arlington. Right? I know of it. I when the bad it. guys win, the bad guys win. It, that's a rare thing, but I like. But you, uh, 
And Jeff Bridges deserves to die every now and then in a film, right? He deserves it. <laughs> oh, sorry if that's a spoiler. Sorry, people. Go watch Arlington Road. Right. You'll know. You won't know what happens at the end. Um, but uh, yeah. So <clears throat> you talked about going back to see if it was Joan Cusack, who obviously is yeah. not. Did you find out who it was? Um, I know that Jolie Fisher's in the film, and I think it might have been Jolie Fisher. But even then, I'm not even sure. I if that's who it was because I didn't catch the name. That sounds right, but I know. I know that she is like the sister or daughter of someone or she's in some famous family, but she never became as huge as the rest of her Are you talking about the one that I'm talking Um, about specifically? The girl that he was... The one at the beginning that he gives the tickets to. And is that... She's... The only other thing I know her from is Inspector Gadget. She is the love interest in Matthew Broderick's... That's Julie Fisher? Or that's at least that person. But is it Jolie? That is that is. Jolie oh yeah, Fisher, and it is. So, no, okay. and you're right. It, and I was right. It is Jolie Fisher, is the one who did it. Um, and you know who her, you know, okay. and you know who her famous family is, right? Uh, well, I'm Carrie Fisher. Right now, Carrie Fisher. Okay, yeah. That, I I knew she was like yeah. She's the half sister of someone or something like that. Yeah. And Carrie Fisher, of course, is That's famous for a little uh, um, film project uh, uh, and. Shampoo? Yeah, yeah, and uh, some um, <laughs> sleepless in Seattle. And I think her mom was in something every now and then. Uh, uh, we already mentioned. We did. Yeah, we absolutely did. And did they die the same year? Pretty close to each other. Uh, maybe I think she went the year after. That's crazy, dude. They were yeah. pretty close. I thought they went within like a week of each other. It was yeah, it was pretty close, but I feel like wasn't it like December, January or something? It was Maybe. pretty damn close. It was pretty weird. Uh Ipkiss. What a good name. They say Ipkiss so often in this movie. Because it's a bizarre I name, think, yeah. Yeah, it's a good name. Uh I would love a fake uh prop. Oh, the fake book prop, the masks we wear. And to just yeah, have yeah. that on your <laughs> shelf. I would love like yeah. to get like a collection of fake movie books that are uh, like I feel like, like the life and times of Stanley Ipkiss. <laughs> well, the, that, but just like I feel like there's other movies where, uh, like even like in Seinfeld, like it's just the cover, but it's just like, uh, oh, what is it? Risk management. And it's just these giant letters of risk management oh, yeah. and all this stuff. Or it's like any books, like all you have to do is recreate the uh, jacket and you'd have it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say, uh, because sometimes we let these things go and I'm sure people are screaming at their headphones or whatever they're listening on. Debbie Reynolds died the next day. Right. I oh, it was, it was the other like way around. Oh, that's right. That's week. right. Carrie Fisher it, first and did. Carrie no, Fisher died super, well, December twenty seventh. I, I said it was super close. Yeah, I, I knew it was close, and it was December, but I thought it was still a while later. Yeah. I just remember there was a quote from Debbie Reynolds saying, "Like I'm going to be with Carrie," but I, I didn't think it was the next day. That's yeah. insane. Uh, did you I see that HBO that. special of them together? No. No. It's awesome. You gotta look it up. It's just a little docu, little mini documentary that came out this year they died. I think before they died or after. I think it might have came out after, but obviously filmed before. 
and it's just like because they live beside each other. They, and really? Like, yeah, they were always hanging out. Like they walk. They had a little path to each other's house or house or whatever. So it was pretty. Uh, That's cute. No, I love I love them was both. It Bright Lights, starring Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds. Could be. TV movie documentary. Yeah. Oh. It was pretty good. Uh, I love the yellow suit. The music's amazing. The line delivery that I like, that I liked, Franklin Grant and Jackson. <laughs> that is one that I definitely yeah. say. If I ever hear the name Jackson, exactly. I will say and Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, that is definitely one. That <laughs> Adam, you'll know that I like obvious backlots. <laughs> and I feel like they lean into it. At points, yeah. The only time that this movie doesn't look good, I would say, is just before the end, when Ifkis is in jail, and Cameron Diaz is getting kidnapped, and it's like they're filming so fake, like handheld, so fake run through the alleyway. You mean? Oh, yeah. yeah, And it's like bright day, and it's just like it feels like they're just like doing it on like no budget, like there's no crowd control or whatever it's like we're just gonna do this on the street right now uh and it's because it's not at night either so it doesn't uh feel yeah, like the rest should of be the a movie. little darker but i guess they can't they didn't have the right light uh can i make an observation that you'll hear nowhere else here we go yeah that's that's what line of sight's for this is what people come for stanley ipkiss is in jail he is putting down toilet yep. paper on the toilet seat to take yep. a dump. He yep. does not have a chance to release that dump until the climax, after the climax. So he's holding in a poo the whole time. <laughs> Just turtle head poking out. Uh, yeah. Maybe he's he was in going, jail. Maybe he was only going pee at him. Hey, I can't imagine. But he then you would just stand I can't out. imagine why this hasn't been brought up by anybody else in a serious forum ever before. That actually no. is an awesome observation. I, 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 and especially at the end when he's on all fours, you, that's got to be a tough situation to be in when you're, um, when you're holding it I in. did notice that and thought, well, this is going to be an interruption, but then I quickly dismissed it for the rest of the action in the film and don't give his bodily functions another thought. But I did think about it. Well, I did I, think about it the second that unless, I was watching it. Unless when they get to the club, like he's handcuffed to the lieutenant in the car and then he leaves maybe he stopped in at the bathroom before confronting everyone but that would waste no, a lot of time adam you're I right i think he's double down because what does he say when he has the gun and, and he's hiding under the counter and then he's like what a man's uh full of right this is when oh and then he says crap <laughs> crap he is yeah. full of crap literally <laughs> he is literally full <laughs> i of think crap. this is a good observation you got there adam for sure and my my and observation it, was what happened to the guy who got hit by the pipe did they save him did he get out what happened at the beginning of the film well yeah i was watching with brenda and she said so did that guy <laughs> yeah. die and i, think, I said yeah i think i he like did. The, I, I think he died i like how they don't even bother he, i like how they don't even bother they don't show him being cry- like they show him like sort of half being hit by it but then don't even show his face again or that there's an arm or anything just goes right to the mask release the mask and then boom credits for the mask the mask <laughs> and they, they you don't even get yeah. another thought 
I kind of like that. I mean, he has scuba gear, but it's like maybe he wasn't planning on being down for that long. It's a limited tank. Is there anyone else there with diving equipment that could go down to save him? It's. I think. I think it's. Well, the, I think the thing the mischief yeah, of him. Loki, the the mask, has uh, taken its first victim, being released. And they do mention mm-hmm. Loki. It could have been Loki. We don't know. Yeah, it's not confirmed, but. Ben Stein does theorize it could be Loki, the mask of Loki, or maybe he was banished from Asgard and put into this mask. Uh, can we just talk about one of my favorite people of all time? Bueller. 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 Matthew Bueller. No, Parker. Ben Stein! Come on, man! <laughs> um... God, it's so fun to see him in random things. Like I like, I wouldn't have remembered that he was in this film, for sure. Oh, for sure. And the only two things uh, I can never remember Ben Stein from are being in Ferris Bueller's Day Off and then having his own show, uh, beating, be- beating Ben Stein's Ben's money. Win Ben Stein's money, which is a ma- that was a great great, great game show. I don't know why that didn't last longer. I guess you can only take so much of that absorbic tone or whatever. Uh, but I loved it. Love him in it. Yeah, no, he's good. We all wear masks and all that <laughs> stuff. He is, uh, and I love people making impressions of other people in movies, doing impressions of other people. Like Jim Carrey does it. In, uh, I don't feel like he does a good one though. <laughs> no, I think he's mocking them more. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I just everything in this is good with like. The cop, you and I are going downtown for a little chat. Like everything is like old timey, like the way they're t- they're uh, speaking. The landfill park, the methane emissions is funny. Uh, that whole section there, where he's the French guy and they're like cleaning out his pockets, and then the into the Cuban Pete. I just my note is this movie is a officially insane like the fact that it works i think so well but like okay now we're gonna have a musical segment where he gets the swat team distracted and like it's just a lot of fun it seems like that would have taken a lot of work but like it just is not so but like they set it up so well like you wouldn't have that at the beginning of the movie but it's like this it flows fine I think. Yeah. And it kind of gives some depth to his powers because he somehow has control over everyone being a part of it at that point. Like they wouldn't have like the one female cop would not just have started singing on her own. And she's kind of looking around like what the heck is happening. And it makes me think of the first outing when there's like the guys trying to mug him and then he uh, runs down the alley and then does like the the Barker's thing, yeah. like step right up. And they're kind of like, yeah, they're like it. just yeah. watching but it. But it's like, why would they just not rush him and like stab him? Or and something? why is this guy like, so either? excited to get a giraffe balloon? And uh... yeah, so lo- it's like he that, has some sort of influence on people, right? And I love that joke too. Sorry, son, the dog was rabid. <laughs> Had to put, Had him, to put him down. <laughs> Like, yeah, like or the sorry wrong pocket, yeah. <laughs> and he pulls out a yeah. condom. Brenda was saying like, I she never knew what that was or like what the joke was. I remember never asked either. I remember like, thinking oh, I it know. was a fish, 
<laughs> like watching it when I was like a kid and like a smaller TV and it's just like yeah. it's just like even on the TV I have is like you can't it's not that clear right like that's hilarious it is weird and apparently ad libbed so Jim Carrey just stuffed that in his pocket to like he had the oh, joke really? yeah that's funny <laughs> yeah no I love Cuban Pete I love I love Lucy so I love Desi Arnaz. In I Love Lucy, so it's just like, oh, it, it came together so well. And then, uh, I feel like, you know those songs, Brad, you would maybe know stuff like this with musicals. The best thing I can think of is like Age of Aquarius and then Let the Sun Shine. Mm-hmm. And it's like songs that go into each other. Mm-hmm. And the Cuban yeah. Pete going into the, the big... conga line? Like conga dun, dun, line, dun, dun, and then dun, dun, yeah, dun, dun, like dun, it's dun, 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 and then they're all dancing and it's different music, right? Like it's it's so perfect. So just <laughs> just for the record, though, I mean, um, that's just really good editing when Age yeah, of Aquarius. Yeah. No, I mean when Age of Aquarius goes into Let the Sunshine In, because okay. those two songs um, are not necessarily together in the musical hair uh, at any point of the show. Although it is possible. Uh, for the reprise at the end when the cast on stage uh, that they can put those songs together but they, they don't belong together normally it, I, right. I don't know if that was okay. your point but like it's it's no my point is just like it flows perfectly and you think of Cuban Pete the but then you forget that like they do this whole dance off and yeah whatever uh, I think Ty- Tyrell so Pulp Fiction is this year too Oh, was it? So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that that guy's on top. And then also, uh, so Peggy, the reporter, I had looked her up. And then so she's made Marion in Men in Tights. Men in Tights. Yeah. And when when I looked at that, it just said Robin Hood at first. And I'm trying to think, like, she and the Kevin Costner one? Because they both have, like, reddish hair. No, but that's right. Ma- in the yeah. Kevin Costner one, it's Mary Elizabeth Mastrione, right? Right. Yeah, and I think that's why she's cast for the men right. tights because she looks just like her. Yeah. I don't think she looks. And that I think I, don't, that, I think she's chesty. I, I, I think, think she's chesty. Like I think her. that's why for think. sure, Adam. The red hair for sure is like th- those are perfect. Like uh, not, cam- not uh, like what spaceballs for Star Wars? What do you call that? Spoof. That, like it, yeah, she's a perfect representation of the real Robin Hood versus the fake yeah, Robin but, Hood. But Mary yeah. Elizabeth Mastriani had was a brunette in in uh she had some reddish no. hair. Did she? Okay, but okay, curly, curly hair. Okay, maybe. All right. I feel like it's <laughs> okay, still right. I feel like they're okay. I digress. But uh I think that she's actually pretty good in the movie and I think it's a genuine twist. I don't think there is any setup that she's not going to be. No, there's no setup that she's going to be bad, but there is a setup that she needs money. Yes, I noticed. I noticed. That. Yeah, like she doesn't do the column anymore because it pays Dick, so she's doing real stuff. And then that's the whole thing is he's paying her the fifty thou, right. <laughs> which I think that sounds so nineties. Yeah, she delivers that, but but that is good. That like, is a genuine twist. Where there's no like camera staying on her in the 
earlier yeah, she scenes. doesn't look back at any point with the yeah it's like that's what you got to do eyes. in movies and the fact that they're in this like newspaper plant that's a perfect superheroes like layer type thing well and apparently she was supposed to get killed off there but that was a deleted scene because it's a little dark right that they were gonna throw her into like the paper machine right really <laughs> yeah she i've heard that the it. comic is a lot darker than this yeah i mean like it's i you mean it's it? loosely based i don't think the story is really the same i think a lot of the it's just the mask is powerful this. did you in- yeah the mask and he's like a serial killer did you enjoy the the, the twist of how it was like um how it was uh she turned out to be the bad one and cameron diaz was the good one yeah it is a good twist yeah because you think, you don't see that coming yeah, you don't see it coming no you don't which I think is nice. The, the, the performer girl has a heart of gold. <laughs> yeah. The real one? Not for you sure. Mean, say it again? Yeah, I'm saying Cameron Diaz has a heart of oh, gold. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, for sure. It is, a, it is a little good little switcheroo there on what you're thinking. When she tells him to buckle up or seatbelt when he does that awesome jump right? over the car. Seatbelt. That is such an ADR line, though, the seatbelt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't sound like she's there at all. I am. Uh, yeah, I, I. So this, I didn't look it up, but the guy that is Dorian when he is the mask yeah. Can't be Dorian and like that's it, like it, some bodybuilder. But yeah, until today I, I, I would have never thought that. Yeah, I was looking at him like that's not his neck. There's no way that <laughs> is makeup. Right. Because he's so much thicker. Um on IMDB it doesn't even say what he is, but it just says uncredited. But I looked it up elsewhere to confirm. And Garrett Sato or Sato. He's an Asian-American, Hawaiian actor. He's only 5'11". The other guy's like 6'2 or something, so he's actually shorter. Uh, And he died last year, which is crazy. But he's like, I guess, maybe like a stuntman, so maybe that's why he was put in. But something I didn't see, and this is just a theory, when he's wearing the mask, I feel like that is an actual mask more than Jim Carrey's specifically the eyes. I don't know that the eyes are real because I was paying close attention. I don't think you ever see it blink. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You see the eyes move and then they do the glowing thing, which you could do in post, but I feel like that is a practical thing. And those eyes just to get it to look like the the real Dorian, but in mask form, because this other guy, yeah, he looks Asian, like he looks Japanese. <laughs> right. But obviously that it looks like a pretty good representation of what Dorian would look like. And I think yeah, it's cool that the he has eyes are fake. It's interesting that the mask Dorian has hair too, right? Like Jim Carrey doesn't <laughs> yeah, have hair. He's bald as the mask. Uh, but Dorian has the hair. It I love Dorian mask, the voice. Yeah, the police yeah, are looking for the still mask. The same voice, just altered. Yeah, it's like so we shall get and like all his stupid jokes. It's like, oh yeah, I like him. I, uh, I I just can't help uh, 
put uh, like look at the teeth of both those guys and how fake the teeth are. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. actually. Excuse me, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey looks like he has perfect teeth in real life. Yes, and these are just height and over exaggerated, bigger than life look of it. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, agreed. Yeah, but uh, another hair comment. The uh, guy's name's Orlando, the bald henchman, and he has like, but he has a ponytail, but he's bald. Oh yeah. But like, it's like a little circle. Like it's not even like uh, horseshoe thing. It's like full on little uh, weird. Like cut into a circle. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. But uh, like like a monk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, any problems with the movie? I might have to bump it up. <laughs> I gave it a four and a half out of five. Well, Nathan, as you have done in the past, you should bring it down just for the end credit song. Yeah. It's very, very disgustingly 90s and doesn't fit the movie. And Well, that's the thing. It is perfect because, like, when his buddy jumps into the water and they got the good uh, band music playing. And, like, so it yeah. goes into the credits well. But, yeah, like three seconds into the credits or whatever it is. It's garbage. Some R&B. You just got to shut it off quick. <laughs> do, you, do you know who sings um, that song? I don't think it's that one, but something I did read was... Um, there's one by Vanessa Williams who is considered for Tina. I think the role of Tina, oh. but either turned it down or did they really wanted Cameron Diaz? Who, by the way, this is Cameron Diaz's first acting. Yes, role. introduce and introducing Cameron Diaz. Yeah, so that's pretty. Do you know what the problem with Van- You know what the problem is with Vanessa Williams in films is. Uh, so I worked with her on a. Fi- oh. <laughs> My friend, she is delightful. She's beautiful. She's lovely. Um, I got to meet her. And do you guys know who Harry Lennox is? Obviously, know who Harry Lennox is, right? In the Man of Steel, he's the, or like in the Justice League, he's the um, the African American uh, military guy. Um, He's Martian Manhunter, but then becomes Martian Manhunter. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, yeah. uh, so him and Vanessa Williams were in Toronto and I was working on the film, filming a, a thing called Keep the Faith, Baby, the Adam Clayton Powell story. It's about some uh, congressman, I don't remember if it's House of Representatives or Senator, uh, Adam Clayton Powell Jr. in the States, and Vanessa Williams played his wife. Um, and this is what I found out about her. She's ex- she has this weird skin thing. She is exceedingly difficult to light. Um she has to be lit and shot in certain ways or her skin looks very weird on film. <laughs> Is that real? I swear to God, I know it sounds bizarre. And unless I had some, some weird hallucination about this for many years, uh, that is a true Can story. I ask a politically incorrect uh, question? I don't know why this would ever it, stop that. Sure. Well, is she mixed race? 
I do. Or it's pretty. I light do not know. So maybe. Well, that's the thing. I'm just wondering because, like, sometimes there's African Americans where it's like I didn't even know that they were African American. And uh, did you know that Vanessa Williams was black, or did you not know that she was black? No, I know that she's black. I'm asking: Is she, are both her parents black? No, no I, I got or the question. One of them yeah. black. Um, well, so her I'm fa- just saying. Well, her father is, of course, Billy D. Williams. No, I'm making that up. That's not true. That was a joke. No, yeah, there's no way. Milton. <laughs> that was Milton a joke. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to see if it says who her parents were. Um, uh, personal life. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really say. Uh, her mother, Helen, Helen Williams, but I don't know who that, like, I don't know who she is. Helen seems like a white name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous already. Um, I, I'm, you know what, like, I'm just trying to rationalize why maybe that is, like, maybe she has a very unique skin color, but, uh... I always, like, you think of the Cosby show and Denise. She's like, how is, like, there's a lot of variety in shades of people. Yeah. So this is interesting. Milton does, I don't know, this is, (laughs) this is getting iffy. Her dad looks fairly white, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's just really light skinned black. Yeah. Hard to say. I don't see color. I can't no, say. No, I know. It's hard to even see it. <laughs> it's a mask. I've been told that the mask is green, his face. I, do, I just don't see color. I, yeah. I just see black and white movies. Um, I was going to say, this is really weird. Uh, no, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Just stop talking about Vanessa Williams. But she's lovely. She's 23% Ghana, 17% British Isles, 15% Cameroon, 15% Finnish, 11% Southern European. Is this for real? 7% Togo, 6% Benin, 5% Senegal, and 4% Portuguese. I mean, that's why Are you serious? that's why she's Miss America because every every immigrant who ever came to the country was part of her parentage, apparently. But mm-hmm. but that actually makes sense. Like I honestly think interracial people on average are attractive people. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what that has to do with the lighting situation, but okay. <laughs> no, but no, I've never- here's another non PC question. Do you light white people the same way you light black people? Um, I would assume not. Uh, you can. Why not? I don't know. Cause their skin ends up looking weird. Well, apparently. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Um, you do in fact, uh, light different people in different ways. So when you're on a film, have you guys ever been on a film set or seen how it works? Or no? I've walked by one. Okay. So on film sets, um, when the DP, that's the director of photography for those in the, want to play the game. Okay. Okay. Watch out. Okay. When the DP, uh, okay. So they do it, they do it like a run through of a scene. They see where the actors are going to stand and then, um, they'll release the actors. Okay, and they'll put stand-ins in. Yeah, I've seen signs. And the stand, and the stand, make, make right? And the stand-ins are there mostly, and and fully, the stand-ins are there for two reasons and two reasons only. Number one, they're there for the camera-focused people. So the focus puller is the person who stands beside the camera guy, who will measure the distance out the thing, and then he'll manually um, turn 
the focus on a camera. You know how it's like all automatic and the cameras we'll use right now to focus things? Right. Mm-hmm. In the old days, and I don't even know if it's like that with new cameras now, but in the old days with the cameras, especially on film, to get better focus and to do it, <laughs> you had to. <laughs> you had to. Um, Are you having a hot dog there? Oh, did yeah. you see the mustard? Brad's making a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like It's either a hot dog or a pretzel. What can you only have mustard on? No ketchup. Ham sandwich. What is I uh, made a chicken shish kebab earlier, and I'm just starving. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, the focus puller is <laughs> so ridiculous. I was going to wait till I wasn't talking. Okay. The focus puller... Um, you know, to, to find out the length of distance from the camera so they can focus it properly, and the lighting person. And the director and or the DP will often stand in front of the actor and then again in front of the stand-ins with a little, I don't know, have you ever seen these things? It's a little black box with a white globe on it. Or if you've been to like a yeah, wedding or something. I've seen lots of extra features. Oh, so they've got those light meters. They've got these light meters to see if they're capturing the right amount of light. Uh, for it, and yes, it's very possible that um, a darker person will catch the light differently. So they'll have to manually adjust the filter on the light to hit certain parts and certain areas of the thing in different ways. So more light hits the person who's darker, and less light hits the person who's white, or vice versa, depending on what you want to do. I, I'm sure, for sure, and it's interesting actually, because the limited knowledge that I know, but like. Everyone in like news or anything, they get makeup, and makeup is usually to darken people up because you so you don't get glare and stuff. And like people prefer to look more tanned on TV than just like whitey McWhitey. Just or your skin can just look, yeah. or your skin can just look splotchy because yeah, and that's what happens with Vanessa Williams. Her skin <laughs> looks splotchy. Vanessa Williams, who has who one of the most beautiful is not people in the mask. Right, <laughs> a song of hers is in the mask. It is relevant. Oh, okay, <laughs> and she was considered for right. But she, so, so, so I, this is what the people come for. It's the, yeah, they don't. The anybody can talk about how funny Jim, Jim Carrey's a funny guy. <laughs> Smoking, but it's a it's the, it's you're right. The toilet talk and the lighting of Vanessa Williams. That's what they come for. How much poop is in people's mm-hmm. bodies and how you light Vanessa Williams specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, what did Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith do when they went into space? They just didn't go for, like, 48 hours or whatever? They're in there a short time. It wasn't time. that long. It's a day. It's an, it's an afternoon. I understand that, yeah. but, like... Uh, July 4th. I mean, if you really look at the physics of it, was it really that quick? Like, we don't know. We do know. They definitely went It's before. the same day. And, yes, we do know. <laughs> Um, a few minutes. <laughs> we just talked. Oh no! Did, did we just talk about it? No, it feels like we did. I just watched it. It was just July Fourth, and oh, you watched it watch again. It again, <laughs> always. How often will you watch Independence Actually, that's Day? That's not true. Once a year. You just told you. <laughs> I told you the exact date that I watch it. I, that's not true. That I think the past two years I didn't watch it on that date, but. Nathan and I did do a commentary for it last year. I was thinking of actually listening to that because I have no idea what we said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. How was how so, was Independence Day not the first one you guys did on your Line of Sight podcast? Guess what? It was. We've done it twice. Oh. We 
that was the first one and well we did that and the the sequel kind of comparing them and then for our anniversary one year we did a commentary for just the first one oh like you were literally watching it and did a commentary Mm -hmm. yeah nice entertain yourself tonight Brad put that on and we'll rock you to sleep oh that's what I do every night (laughs) I'm sure I just listened to a okay. I just listened to a fascinating one about um, Beauty and the Beast the other day. Any problems with this movie? I'm not a big fan of the friend. The I gun. mean, he plays the role, but like the la- he plays the Larry role, right? Larry sure. from upstairs, Richard uh-huh. Klein in Three's Company. He kind of looks like him, and he plays that kind of role, doesn't he? Okay, boomer. <laughs> Yeah, I get that reference. Um, I don't know. I just, like I said, he he plays the role. It's not like he's supposed to be likable, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like that he's a know, loser he just seems too. Like, but still, it's like he's the schlubby guy, and yet when they get to this club, it's like, oh, I've got these two smoking hot girls for us. But I think that's just because he's banking. spending all his money. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, he doesn't bring it down or anything, but it's like maybe he could be better. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what else. I might give it. I, I might change. change it to Brad. What would you give this movie out of five stars? And you can only go in increments of half stars. I give it a solid. Uh, huh. I was going to say four. I was going to say four, but. Maybe it's a 4.5. I think... Yeah. I think that... I feel like it was just a little bit too too quick, but I guess that was the style back then. Like, I feel like this movie deserves more than an hour and a half and could have easily sustained oh, no. for more. I think it could be funnier. Yeah. I, I think Jim Carrey is the only... Well, maybe not the only funny thing, but... I like it's it is an amazing performance and possibly underrated I don't know like what are people's thoughts of it these days the, the, uh, because I just mentioned I just, I, my I, new roommate uh my new roommate um here uh I just moved in with her and she is in her 20s I believe and um oh hell when I feel I, sorry for when her. I to- I know who wouldn't uh when I told her uh, that we were doing a podcast and, we were, and I had to watch The Mask. She said, I love that movie. So I think... Well, she can be the third listener to the show. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Brad's roommate. And my friend Serge. Uh, Is her name Tina? No. Vanessa? Amazing. <laughs> no. Cameron. Uh, Is it Vanessa Williams? Oh, she's not 20. Her name's Vivi. Okay, I want to address one thing specifically with Adam. He'll know what I'm talking about. So I say sometimes I'm more impressed with actors that act normally than psychos. So, like, I'm, uh, I don't know, like, just a drama actor that's just like, oh, that's, and everyone going nuts over Heath Ledger's Joker. It's like, I feel a lot of people could pull that off. I think the mask 
is a far harder thing to pull off than Heath Ledger's Joker. I think I could get to Heath Ledger's Joker before I could do Jim Carrey's The Mask. I would agree because I think um, trying to think of those people of who else could play this, anyone else just reading who they considered, it's like I can't see them pulling it off. Like they could act that way, but it would just be too silly. Right. I don't which is a weird thing to say because it is still silly. But like but to like, be Ipkiss as well because he's a good Ipkiss. Yeah. Um, and uh, talking about the physicality, that was one thing why they wanted him was I think they were going to use a lot more CG and because of how like physical and rubbery he is, right. it was like, we can save a ton because we're not going to need to do it with this performance right. is what they were thinking. But uh, yeah, I... I would agree. Like it's it's one of those that even today, like if they were gonna do the mask today, um, aside from Jamie Kennedy, who else could be the mask? I can't believe you just said Jamie Kennedy. That's hilarious. Why? Uh, why Jamie Kennedy? Because he's in well, the sequel. Ever, oh, is sequel he? The, is that who it is in the Son of Man? Oh, I forgot <laughs> that. Okay, fair. I've never. I was seen just it, like, where did you get Jamie that. Kennedy? You pulled that yeah. out of nowhere. I forgot to drop that joke at the beginning and say, "Oh, I watched Son if of Man." If you're the watching Mask. this now, then I must be dead. But here's the rules of the sequels in the horror films. That, that's all I think of when I think of Jamie Kennedy, right? Because I'm trying films. to think. Is that Scream? He, yeah, he's the guy. No, uh, yeah, he's in the Scream films. Um, yeah. So, uh, okay. I, yeah, I, who who could play him now? I mean, there's definitely... Remake, they're going to remake The Mask in another 10 years when it's 40 years old. You know what they're going to do, People like though. a Bill Hader, maybe? or Make it a woman? No, it's going to be a female They can't mask. do that. You can't do it. No, but they, when... Sorry, when will. you say who that could... Is, I'm telling you, that's I, what I know. When you say who <laughs> could play him now, though, I think of people like Bill Hader, some of those comics who Maybe. are just like... Bill Hader, he could do the voices at least. I yeah. don't know if he has the physical stuff. Well, I mean, if you see... He, anybody can... Look, not everybody can pull their face as well as Jim Carrey. Like, he's, he's very good facial contortionist, and that's half the battle in that. Yeah, they'll just use CG. So, yeah. But the voices... Now the they voices don't care. The voices and the intonations and all that stuff, I think people like Bill Hader, like, there's lots... I think there's a fair amount of people that could do it. Um, I, but when you said you think you could get to... Um, the Joker before you could get to uh, Stanley Ipkiss mask. Yeah. Um, I hate to say this, but I am in almost a hundred percent disagreement with you. Now, not everybody. And there's very few people who can do either of those roles. I think I'm not saying that I'm going to get there. I'm just saying on my way there, mm. I think <laughs> on the trip. No, but I'm, this yeah, is, but what I'm saying is this, this is closer to me than that. I think it's harder. I'm more intimidated by Jim Carrey than the Joker. But here's what I was going to say, because we were talking about this earlier. When we were talking about Jim Carrey being Andy Kaufman, and you said how he he upset people or you know pissed off mm-hmm. his uh, fellow because he was so method and he was in character the whole time. Uh, did you guys watch The Devil Wears Prada? Have you seen it? No, I have not seen it. I do wish to. That, it is the okay. You know what? I would love to come on for uh, Devil Wears Prada. It's a great <laughs> film. 
And I, I challenge, I've heard it's I challenge good. you to watch it and not like it, but then it depends if you like that kind of like thing. But Meryl Streep is famous for in that film um, being very not standoffish, but just not being her usual um, camaraderie, having fun with the cast and crew in between takes. She stayed in the character of this like evil boss, the head of Vogue. Not evil, but you know what I mean. Like she stayed and she did that and and. And they talk about it a lot. Um, I think it's tough to to do what Jim Carrey did and to to embody uh, Andy Kaufman and to be like him so completely. He felt like he had. So where are you disagreeing with me? I'm disagreeing with you because I think it's harder to do the one character of the Joker where he's pretty much the same. You know, there's a couple of like different nuances to it, but he's the same yeah. crazy character as opposed to Jim Carrey can just go on any different tangent he wants. And as long as they're fun tangents, they're going to be accepted. Yeah, but that's the thing. I I feel like the only impression that I have, like pretty good, is uh, Doctor Claw and the Orc from Fellowship of the Ring. I can do that voice. I'm sorry, is Doctor no, Claw not- from Inspector Gadget? <laughs> Yeah. That's the second Inspector <laughs> Gadget reference. And a little bit, but not quite uh, Dorian as the mask. They're all kind of in the same realm, but more the orc. Uh, Can you do Auric Goldfinger who? from uh, uh, Goldfinger? No. Do you expect me to talk Goldfinger? No, guy. Mr. Bond. I expect you to die. That's not bad. Thank you. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's the thing. I only have one impression, and I don't even know if it sounds good. It sounds good in my head. I'd so, like to hear it now. You can't set it up and not do it. Well, I'll try to. I'll do it before the end of the show. I'll have to get mentally into oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have to get into character. I got to go eat some man flesh. I want to do, do my Elmo and Kermit impressions. I have to think about it for 28 minutes before I can do it. <laughs> I used to be able to do Elmo. What's that? That's not bad. (laughs) I used to be able to do Elmo, and then my my voice dropped. Can you do Kermit the Frog? (laughs) That's not bad either. I think I don't know if I tried. Thank you, Uh, Kermit the Frog. I I would just be winging it. I don't know. I don't want to embarrass myself. Um, Do you have any impressions, Adam? Hi ho, Kermit the Frog. That's pretty good. That's that's good. That's That's good. Can you do Mickey Mouse? Pluto. No, I can't. That's all I got when I do Mickey Mouse. See, yeah, that. See, those high ones. Yeah. my voice doesn't do that anymore. Um, huh? Are you, are you one of those guys? Are you one of those guys? The that actual that? thing I in. I can't. So I can't do that the noise. Exact same. I can't do that noise that Donald Duck makes. I can't. But I know people who. Oh yeah, I, I don't do even that. know what that. Like, how do you? I can't even figure sound. out. I can't even figure out how to manipulate my voice to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, that's like two different things at the same time. I don't know. Um, anyhow, my disagreement fully with you though was Nathan when you said uh, I didn't. If you're just saying for you personally, but in general, I think the harder role to do was the Joker than it was to do the mask. Even though the mask is not is something that not that most people can't do because well, they can't get all the things. I think you're wrong. Well, here's <laughs> another way to say it. I think there are more people that can do the Joker than like could do the mask. I I can't even think of who in Hollywood since 1994 could do it as good as that. Maybe Robin Williams, but still, I don't think he's got the physicalness and like, he's more, 
he was more stocky like he I don't know like the lankiness of Jim Carrey lends perfectly to those like going off screen that's true thing and but I'll bet I, I would I bet this I bet there's many people not many but there's definitely people out there who could do it that we just don't know that have just never gotten the right break and then whatever, but the, but they've been in regional. Well, I'm sure shows there's lots of people that look like Brad Pitt in Middle America that aren't movie stars yeah. either. But that's <laughs> but nobody's as pretty as Jude Law, that's for sure. <laughs> Full circle. Prettiest man I ever saw. Um, uh, sorry, can I say something else? I just this is this is a fun game. Uh, just by the way, you're not allowed to talk. This is a podcast. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I will mime it. Ready? <laughs> uh, Two words. <laughs> Um, which, uh, which actor you think that Jim Carrey was the only actor who had a year like 1990. And that, maybe that's true in some regret, some respects. Do you, have you guys ever talked about this? Do you know which actor has been in the most films of like all time? Like, uh, uh, that are Christopher Lee, like Samuel Jackson. That's exactly who I was going to say. Yeah. No, for and sure. Yeah. Like, like, film credits for 1994. There's, uh, <laughs> Uh, fresh Pulp Fiction, The New Age, and Hail Caesar, and Assault at West Point, and The Search for One Eye Jimmy. Like, and I don't know how and big Jurassic was, Park. I don't, I don't know if, what's that? The year before ninety. Jurassic Park and True Romance. The year before, and, yeah, like he's so many films. Ninety four. He's not a lead for in all sure. those for sure. See, yeah, that's, that's what I'm that's saying. Is as the leading person. I'm just thinking of like when it's coming out. Like, he's doing press junkets and, like, going on The Tonight Show and interviews and stuff. And it's just, like, they who cares when they're filmed? They all come out in the same year. Like, that year has to be a blur to this guy. Oh, yeah. Like. I'm sure it was a whole different. Like, you are the t- It's not the same thing, but it's just, like, I like those. Hey, Tampa Bay just won the Stanley Cup. And they won the Super Bowl. And they won the World Series. It's cool when things like that happen. Michael Crichton had the number one book, number one movie, and number one TV show all at the same time. And when things like that happen, it's awesome. Why, did ER come <laughs> out in 93 also? It, it was all in the same time. I don't... Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. I maybe. That sounds right. Yeah. That's pretty... Uh, well, actually, no, it wasn't... I don't think... I don't know if it was 93, because I don't know if that was what the movie was. Um... Jurassic Park was in 93, though. No, yeah. yeah. I don't know what it was, but or I know maybe, he had, had all the number one three things all at yeah, the same okay, time. Yeah, okay, because ER came out the next year. Well, 94. So it would have been released in 94 and 95. They, yeah, they, it so could have been. They were in pre-production after Jurassic Park did so well. Uh, he came up and he, and he said, you know, let's do it. Let's get him to do it. And he came up with that. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, do you guys watch? Uh, have you ever seen a TV show called Leverage? No. Never no. mind then. Carrying on. No, but um, our listeners will know that I have been watching a show called Home Improvement. <laughs> this is relevant. Um, the actor. Yeah. Let me let me find it here. Blake Clark plays. Um, I think his name is Harry, owns the hardware store yep. in Home Improvement. He shows up as uh, Peggy's boss in this. And then the movie that I watched j- just before The Mask, a little film called 
Corky Romano. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that, is that Chris Kattan? That oh, my God, Chris yeah. Kattan. Uh, and I keep thinking, whenever we're talking about, like, who could play the mask, I keep thinking of him, like, no, don't, don't give that to Chris Kattan. Yeah. Uh, it's a bad movie, but it's, like, enjoyably bad. But uh, Mr. Uh, Blake Clark appeared in that. So it was, it was just a weird, like, three things in a row that I watched had this guy. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, before I really only knew him as, like, uh, the guy in The Water Boy that no one can understand, Farmer yeah. Fran. And then he did uh, Slinky Dog's voice in Toy Story Three after Jim Varney died. Uh, you just made me think of people who could do uh, the mask. By the way, now you made me think of Jim Varney. Jim Varney. No, <laughs> definitely not. It was something you said, and I don't. I don't know what made me think of it. But then it was. Um, um, oh, because you were talking about Chris Kattan, and I was thinking about something I just read uh, today. Even I don't know what I was reading. Norm Macdonald um, said something disparaging about Chris Kattan one time. Um, yeah, and. Uh, I was thinking of Norm Macdonald thinking what he's in now he's thinking about how he's in Orville which is the spoof meant to be a spoof but actually he's turning out not to be so much of a spoof of Star Trek like it's not as funny comedy wise as it was meant to be at first Um, Mm -hmm. and I was thinking how Seth MacFarlane could could be a massive guy but even more than him then then I started thinking about Hank Azaria and uh, uh, what's his name Schaefer the one who's Mm -hmm. Harry Schaefer is that his name Sure, Harry Shearer, uh, those guys, any of those guys that are doing those kind of things. Um, I mean, they can do voices. They yeah. can, but and they would have ideas. They can, but I mean, he's a lanky guy. I don't, I don't know for sure if Hank Azaria could do, but I've seen him do a bunch of different things, live stuff too. Not just I think his in his prime he could have maybe. That's a good maybe. one for maybe perhaps in his prime. I think he might be a little too old. The thing with Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey might be too I old to be he, like that now though too. Couldn't he? What do it right now? I don't know. I feel like he could bust it out, and he would be just as good. Yeah, I think Maybe. he probably still has most of this. Uh, no, I, I don't know. It's hard. He's to... a little crazy now, but uh... yeah, I think uh, Seth MacFarlane though. There's you need a Stanley Ipkiss. That's the thing too. Like yeah. Jim Carrey is not like oh Brad Pitt beautiful, but he's like. Not uh, I was gonna he's say, not ugly by any stretch. He's like a, a pretty handsome dude. If he didn't have the follow-up movies of Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber, where he is like still this crazy yeah. character, if it was just this, going off Stanley Ipkiss, especially when he comes back like to the bank, maybe the third time, and like he's all disheveled, he's got a bit of a five o'clock shadow, yeah. his hair is a little messy. I was like, this is a good-looking dude, like. He's no Jude Law, but like he's <laughs> he was really rocking the look, and I was thinking like he could have had a completely different career going off this like nice guy routine. And uh, I do like when he the other comes back to the bank and he's like, "Back off, monkey boy!" <laughs> or maybe we'll call the IRS. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think that's the part I'm thinking of because yeah, I don't know if there's another bank scene after that. I don't remember another bank scene. Yeah, and even that, when they're watching the security footage and, like, he's going around reading the newspaper himself, like, he's purely Mm -hmm. by himself. I guess he thinks he knows that the camera's there because he does kind of... But 
the better scene is the very first time he puts on the mask and he's being quiet in the hallway and then the yeah. alarm clock yes. goes off. He's purely doing that to make noise. Yeah. But no one's seeing him do it until like the the landlady comes yeah. out. Right. But like he's putting on a performance just for us or just to be for himself. Silly. It's like singing in the shower for yourself or whatever. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, Nathan, but sometimes I sing in the shower for other people. Well, you might remember. You no, but you might recall that. I, I once and again, I feel sorry for your new room. No, don't you remember? No, no, shut up. Do you remember? <laughs> Stop. Do you remember? Don't you remember, Nathan? There was a time when we had that uh, um, American Idol, Canadian Idol group shower. No, the the national oh. the the Canadian national anthem contest at the tennis tournament. I don't know about this. Oh, yeah, I think this is on the podcast. I mentioned that. I think we talked about I, Canadian Idol. I mentioned how much on. they stink, and it gave me a headache <laughs> yeah. because I was in the room. It was horrible. There's like but do you remember? Eight but do, people with like two bottles of cologne each. But at the beginning of social media, when that was going on, Ben made me make a commercial to put on uh, saying to get people to put on their auditions for... Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Canada, and I did mine where I was in the shower singing and just pulled back the curtain, and you could see like shampoo in my hair, and like it looked like I wasn't dressed from, you know, like that I was naked in the shower. And you didn't get the part. Uh, no, but I was the host of the show, so it was never meant to go to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I had my friend Sean, as if he was in the shower too, just playing saxophone, which was kind of hilarious. In the video. <laughs> I should find that for you. Never saw it. Oh, it's good. Just you got to look for it on on YouTube or tennis. Yeah, it's probably on YouTube. <laughs> well, you send it to me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we wrapping this baby up? Um, We've talked more than the length of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I think uh, here's one last tidbit for you. The iconic yellow zoot yeah. suit is worn for five minutes of screen time. But yet that's it cool. feels like it's the entire film. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, that's just what he's always wearing. But no, that's the second time he's out, goes to yeah. the club and is wearing it. And I think that's screen time. So total time in the movies maybe longer, but you see it for a grand total yeah. of five minutes. Yeah, Watch. so I watched it on a Blu-ray and you can definitely see the material of the hat mm. is more like furry, actual, like, uh, I don't know what material, not smoothed out the way you would think it was when I watched it <laughs> on VHS so many years ago. Oh, interesting. Hey, uh, I have something that I want to mention. Uh, have you guys... Uh, have you ever noticed that Wikipedia is not always right about things? Never. It's perfect. <laughs> I read something. I guess when I was looking up something about the mask, I read that it would. Uh, um, did you, I, I read, and I think it was on Wikipedia. I'm pretty sure it was. It said that it was the second most successful comic book um, film uh, or superhero comic book film. No, no, uh, <laughs> of of its time after Superman in 1978. The most successful or the most profitable, I think it said, the most profitable film uh, of comic book superhero thing. And then I started thinking, but how could that be more profitable than Tim Burton's Batman? And I looked up at how much it cost to make the film and how much they made, and it's like the same thing. And I was like, it's such a crazy um, assertion to make, and it made me think, like, you can't trust anything you read on Wikipedia. That was my whole point there. But 
Okay, I don't doubt that you're right. But are they trying to? Are they like? Uh, there's no way to know. Like, there's no way to know if the, the promotion. If there's no way to know if the marketing promotion of Batman, which was huge, if they spent a hundred million dollars on that, and then they're counting right. that against it or but not. But I'm just saying, like the mask. I bet yeah, it wasn't free, but like it's. Uh, I'm sure besides Jim Carrey, and he's not a huge star at the time. Cameron Diaz, I'm sure they're not paying that much, right? Like, yeah, but I, besides the some, special effects, it, they, it probably doesn't cost. They that made much. it for about thirty-one million dollars. Okay, right. In 1989, when was it 89? I guess it was Batman, Tim Burton's Batman. They made that film for thirty-two million or thirty-three million, and then it got up to forty-five when they had to do something else. But it was still under fifty million, and Batman made over four hundred million. In whatever terms that they were looking at, and I don't know if that was worldwide box office, whatever. Right. Um, and the mask made three hundred and and fifty million dollars, or something like that. So it's like they're pretty close to each other, um, you know, like whatever. Like it was in the same ballpark, but it's hard to imagine that Batman was a more profitable film for them. But I don't know how they look at it. That's always been a tough thing, I guess, to really figure out. Yeah. Yeah. So much money, because I, I don't know what counts against it, but so much money. S- some of the big films, they'll spend $100 million on marketing on a film. Sometimes more than the film costs itself, I think. Or I might be making that up. It says Jim Carrey was only paid $450,000 for the mask. Yeah, that's what I was seeing was like, that's why I think this was first, because it was like, they got a deal on him and then with the success of Ace Ventura then Dumb and Dumber like it was he got paid like how much did he get paid for Dumb and Dumber? four million or something did he get four million for Dumb and Dumber? that's the number in my head I don't know if that's true but uh, but don't forget four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a movie in 1994 that's like being paid five. No, that, hey, when you're starting off. No, no, I'm just saying in 1994, $450,000 was the equivalent of probably like $4 million now, isn't it? Hmm. Or a couple million at least? I mean. I don't know. Okay. Uh, this this might change things. I, I'm sure there's another way I could find out when these are released, but it almost seems like Ace Ventura might have been first. Jim Carrey was paid four hundred fifty thousand for his work on The Mask, a huge bargain for New Line because the deal was signed before Ace Ventura: Pet Detective became a surprise right. hit, and made The Mask a, a hot, hot property, property for the, for the summer of nineteen ninety four release. Yeah, and then the seven million f- to start. Oh my god! <laughs> That's nuts. How did Lauren Holly walk away from all that? <laughs> Were they involved? He was married to her. Or you, really? Yeah, after they did Dumb and Dumber. I didn't. You didn't know Jim Carrey was married to that. Lauren Holly? Look it up. I think no. I think I knew that. Look it up. But I remember her mostly from Picket Fences. I know he's been married like three times, but has he been married to anybody as exciting as Lauren Holly though? No. Like nobody famous like Lauren Holly, right? Who's the? Uh, Who else is he married to? Jenny, Jenny McCarthy, were they ever married? No, she just married the Backstreet Boy guy. But they were together for a long she time. She was with Jim Carrey? I didn't yeah. know that. He was probably the one that said, yeah, tell them about autism. 
<laughs> she's yeah. She's the talking one about started that. Brad, you're thing. talking about anti-vaxxers. Watch out, Jim Carrey. <laughs> you might have to take this movie down a notch. I think Roger Federer is an anti-vaxxer too. Um, yeah, Jim Carrey's a nut job, though. We know that he's nuts. <laughs> what do you think? How do you think Tom Green feels about all this stuff? I mean, who knows? Is he still alive? He might be alive. That'd be an interesting uh, mask, Tom Green. No, he was n- a little bit more yeah, adult. He's he doesn't have those faces. <laughs> he didn't do impressions and stuff, but he was wacky. He's definitely wacky. Maybe oh, that just made me think of someone else, Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, see yes. there, that that actually he could do it. that's maybe the the modern. But he does care. But he's fully immersed could, in a character. It's not like he does goes in and yeah, out of a character. He doesn't. Swap he can't. Prank. He's not going in and out like pulling faces. And I fi- feel. Like, this is like he could do something similar and change it up for his style. But, like, I'm just saying to copy this movie, like, can Sasha Baron Cohen be charming? Jim Carrey. Oh, I think so. I think Sasha Baron Cohen is very charming at some times. At some point. Don't you think? Especially when you watch him just uh, uh, talking like himself at an award show. I don't, he doesn't sound pretentious. He He just sounds. Like a okay, down to earth guy. I could be wrong. Uh, no, uh, you could be right, though. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, his characters don't seem charming. He's been with Isla, Isla for a long time, and I feel like that's the kind of thing, like, if he was a jackass, he wouldn't be with her still, you know? Like, I don't know, but what do I know? Exactly. What do you know? What do I know? Is that how you say her name? No. I think I, I think it it's Isla, Isla, but I just say Isla. <laughs> okay. I just ignored it. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like this came up before. What's Isla's, what's Isla's uh, last yeah, name? Yeah, sorry, he's right. Fisher. Is she also related she's, to Jolie? Oh, yeah, she's Carrie Fisher's <laughs> daughter. <laughs> uh, but speaking of is she, Isla. She's not really, is she? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's Australian, uh, isn't she? I think so, yeah. yeah. But speaking of her, connected to... Mr. Vince Vaughn, how are we feeling for uh, a really tall The Mask? I don't see him doing that. He's more like... He's a a fast talker. But maybe a Ben Stiller. (laughs) Maybe. Actually, speaking of Ben Stiller, when you were talking about the city and how it's like a mix of old and new, I was thinking of... The Ben Stiller comic book movie, underrated mystery, oh, yeah. is just like that too. Where it's a lot like Batman, where it's like this seems old. There's like zeppelins flying around, but then there's like modern things, and it's a nice, cool mix. That movie we should do. That's a underrated. What about the it's what about nineties? What about the Shadow? Is it called the Shadow or the Phantom? What was the one with with um, Billy Zane. with Alec Baldwin? Oh, you <laughs> meant the Phantom with no. Then I then I meant the wrong one. The the Shadow is the, is the Shadow the one with with there Alec is, Baldwin? Yeah, I, I like that film a lot. I think it could have been better, but I like that film a lot. Um, I guess there's a lot of good comic book um, kind of things. So, just to go back on Lauren Holly, so Jim Carrey was married to. Melissa Carey, I'm sure took her name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but from eight, March 1987 to December 95. So 
during Dumb and Dumber, he might have been fooling around on the side with Lauren Hawley. They got married in right. 96. Yeah, that's well, they met doing Dumb and Dumber and fell in love, yeah. as often is the case. And, and, then, and that's... And then they got divorced a year later. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. How can you leave but all that? No, no ring on uh, Ms. McCarthy's finger. Um, but that just goes to show you, it's, it, I mean, how often do you hear about that where actors that are working together in a film like that become romantically involved? Like, that's how, that's how immersed, that's how immersed good actors. But that one's weird because there's, it's not a romantic movie between them. Like, I get it when it's like, when Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens are dating because of High School yeah. Musical, I get it <laughs> because you're, you're playing two teens dating, you got hormones and whatnot, but like, Lloyd Christmas is fantasizing over uh, Mary Sampsonite, and there's nothing really between them. There's the one fantasy scene, but like they're not shooting constantly together. And I don't know. I find that but aren't they yeah, in the scenes a lot one. together? Not a ton. Like they're at the beginning and the end, and then there's that fantasy in the middle. With the sweater friends and going to the owl but, benefit, but they're doing, but, but they are, but they are doing, yeah, he does, but they are doing the that. scenes together when they're doing the scenes, they're making each other laugh and they're going on press, they're going I on guess. press junkets together before the film's released. And that's, I, I would say the press junkets, you've nailed it. Well, that's where no, but I don't, I don't think happens. it's, it's no Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I'll just say that. I mean, <laughs> that's they should, Brad I know, they should get better. That's a great film, too. There's, there's, you know what. There's been some good movies over the years, people. <laughs> yeah, there, I never noticed, but yeah. There has, and there's been some stinkers. <laughs> Who would have thought? Your thoughts. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the... Oh, isn't that a film? Right there. All right. Okay, guys. Okay, sounds good. Thanks for Pleasure. joining Pleasure. Smoking. Chick, chicky, boom. Ay, 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 ay. Excuse me, 
children, we shall thrive. Yes, you and I.